Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hey, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a great, great, great show we've got for you today. First of all, let me thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on uh, as many times as you do. Um, I want to thank you for all of your votes, voting the Dr. Pat Show and all of the other hosts on the Dr. Pat Show Network, uh, putting us in a number one position way above over 70 other hosts um, on our Seattle channel. And I want to thank all of you for doing that. Uh, it's just an incredible honor to be so connected with all of you on a regular basis. So thank you so much for that. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. And, you know, the, this is really, let me just read the, uh, the title for today's show, The Monogamy Challenge, Creating and Keeping Intimacy with Expert Peter King. Now, if you don't think that there is a monogamy challenge, then take a look at some of the headlines right now that we have in our pop culture Take a look around at family and friends and people that you know. Take a look at some of the, you know, what people are watching on television. Um, and, and honestly, it's not happy, happily ever after. So today we get to deal with one of the world's foremost um, experts and authors on the topic, Peter Kane. Uh, the title of his book is the monogamy challenge. And so he has been a pioneer in relationship therapy and counseling, but more importantly, you know, he is the person that people go to to clear out whatever is blocking them to understand the challenges of uh, monog- that monogamy presents, but more importantly, how to bring into the forefront uh, the beauty and the sweetness that intimacy and relationships hold for so many people. Peter, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Pat, and well said. Yeah, yeah. how do we yeah. proceed? We assume that monogamy is a requirement, but we then also assume that it's not natural. There's all this stuff about how it's not our essential nature to be monogamous, you know, and there's all, all there's a lot of authoritative books and I certainly studied that stuff leading up to uh, writing my book. The history of family and monogamy would indicate that fidelity may not be inherently our biological or anthropological history, and that's being evidenced in the media and the, all the affairs that are public and so on. It's you know, it's not just Clinton and Lewinsky; it was Kennedy. It was, you know, Sandra Bullock and Jesse James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. and But so we assume it's difficult or impossible, but then we also assume it's a requirement. So what yeah. do we do next? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting conversation because a lot of times, and especially growing up, right, Peter, we, you know, we have associated, you know, with the generations, my parents, their parents, associated monogamy with marriage, you know, that that's the idea. You know, monogamy and marriage. You get married and there you are. You are with that person forever. Um, and I think we have since moved away from that idea that, oh, marriage doesn't guarantee this so much. No, no. Although your, your, your comment there almost put me stuck in the joke of, okay, I'm getting married. I better finish this affair now. that's the way it was often dealt with you know like and of course marriage doesn't change anything and that's one of the many things i address in my book is you know don't get married until you already are and don't expect it to change monogamy or finances and so on um so what you know what we have next is the blind leading the blind we have a lot of people burying their head in the sand, too. They don't want to have to discuss this. So that's one of the challenging and, and things I've gotten praised a lot about my book is I'm intentionally stepping out and saying, hey, monogamy is not easy. It is not easy. In fact, yeah. uh, it, it may be painful. Well, but, that's why you call it the monogamy challenge, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. because and also because the you know repeating a piece and expanding on what I just said, it, there's an evolution going on where we are perhaps requiring monogamy more than we were 125 years ago. There's a an analysis that says intimacy is only 125 years old, like as an intentional practice in a marriage. So. You know, and then if we go say that 6,000 years ago we were definitely not monogamous, mm-hmm. um, what do we do next? We're basically pedaling as fast as we can to create this new paradigm that may actually be essential for the steady functioning of nuclear families and such. Well, you know, I mean, this. let's talk about the monogamy challenge and what it is because, you know, a lot of people think of monogamy, Peter, and, you know, you know, it's so interesting we're talking about this because, you know, if you go back 125 years, nobody was really talking about this. And the reason they weren't is people just did not talk about what went on in their marriages and in their relationships. Um, uh, women especially didn't talk about it. And, you know, now fast forward to where we are now, and we have different levels of the conversation. We have mm-hmm. physical mono- monogamy. We have emotional monogamy, right? Mm-hmm. We have, you know, spiritual monogamy now. Um, and right. so there are many layers to this thing we're calling monogamy now. You know, that now we're saying that, what, my gosh, you know, there's not, now you can be unfaithful to someone, by being on the internet, there are internet relationships. So where are you with this definition? Well, I think the physical monogamy is the more important. But yes, you're very wise to bring in what I would call an emotional affair to it. And it is very fair to to say that they're the same. You know, you'll hear people, you know, talk about how the emotional affair was the more painful part. But similar to recovering from our addictive process, which I also address in the book, that's one of the reasons people are not monogamous is their relational and sexual addictions. I do believe in starting with, like, the chemical addictions and the strong behavioral addictions to, you know, evolve and as we heal and grow as people to address those first. So anyway, I, do, I feel like physical monogamy of intercourse and such is uh, – a good, important bottom line if a couple is seeking to be monogamous. By the way, let's make that clear. My book does not say, hey, be monogamous. That's what's required for the 21st century. It says, wow, this is a challenge. Here's how to do it if that's your preference. And it also helps you think that through in a deeper and deeper way. So anyway, yes, emotional affairs are key too. And in fact, another detail, when I first wrote my book, I'm accepting the notion that men are probably less monogamous than women. That seems okay. to be a common assumption. It, it, certainly in my practice of 33 years, that's what I've run into. But I certainly always knew that it was also a female issue. There's plenty of women who've had affairs. Well, since I've been sharing about my book, and it's been in print and all, I've gotten a lot of insight and feedback that women are not necessarily more monogamous than men. It's, if, if we're going to take that argument that monogamy is not natural biologically, anthropologically, the women are not monogamous in that way either. They're recovering from or have a past of that kind of open relationship, and very often it is an emotional one. So in other words, maybe men have more physical affairs, women have more emotional affairs, it is relevant if the couple feels it's an issue that emotional affairs be included in the definition of infidelity. So the bottom line to really looking at some of this is, you know, there, you know, are you encouraging people to, you know, have these conversations up front? Because again, this is one of these things that you get into relationships. Um, and certainly we have, um, you know, raised the bar on having this conversation. Uh, because of, you know, uh, uh, all of the, the d- diseases that can get passed on. I mean, certainly there is those conversations out there. Yeah, having the conversation up front, and yet let me keep a, an eyeful pro- of the problem with having that conversation up front. It, it could be a little bit like the couple that's at a certain point of their relationship saying, um, you know, 
someone says something to the effect of, you know, hey, I want to touch base with you, uh, I'm kind of guessing that this is a monogamous thing we have going on here. Mm-hmm. And the other person on the inside may have deer in the headlights and be going, oh, gulp, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, sure, honey. Um, and, you know, that again, we don't necessarily think it's natural, but we assume. So that person gulps and assumes they have to do it, and away they go, not dealing with the underlying issues that might motivate them to have affairs or re- sexual or emotional relations with other people. Well, so, you know, we're going to – Yeah, it's not simple. Yeah, it's not simple. We're going to talk about this in much more detail. Peter Kane is in the house. You know, here's the question. Let's think about this for a minute before we go to break. You know, do all people that are in monogamous relationships, let's call them monogamous people for the moment. You know, what about these people? You know, you know who you are. I know who I am. Do all of us, what happens when we have attractions to other people? other than our partners. You know, maybe we're taking a look at that guy that's standing right. over there or that girl that's standing over there. What do we do with those attractions? What do we do with that? Or maybe you're even watching television and you're looking at something and saying, wow, you know, right. they are awesome. Uh, Peter Kane is in the house. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, what do you do with all of these? Peter will address this. He's also going to help us see what these deep sexual attractions are all about. Are they really the cause to getting us into trouble? And trouble it is. All you need to do is read the headlines. Aren't too many folks out there having affairs and staying together. Peter Kane in the house. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts are specialty products with less sodium, up to 68% than standard table salt, free of any chemicals or artificial flavors. Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts maintain 84 necessary minerals for a balanced diet and healthy body. All Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts may be purchased at oceansflavor.com. And now Ocean's Flavor Natural Less Sodium Sea Salts has introduced heart-healthy gourmet seasonings at 68% less sodium than table salt. Available in Mexican, Italian, garlic, seasoned, Asian, barbecue, Cajun, and chipotle flavors. The sodium is the lowest of any seasonings on the market today. Purchase heart-healthy gourmet seasonings on the web at oceansflavor.com and in many national grocery chains. Oceansflavor.com, the only salt company that produces 100% natural, low-sodium sea salt. Did you know that the average woman will use up to 12,000 disposable pads and tampons in her lifetime? That's a lot of waste. Make the healthier choice for the planet and your body with GladRag's washable cloth menstrual pads made with no plastics, adhesives, or gels. GladRag's cloth pads are safe. Simple, smart, period. For more information on how you can save the planet one month at a time, visit us at gladrags.com. Imagine you had a way to protect yourself from cancer, depression, disease, and dispel the nastiest bugs that attempt to hide undetected. Take a moment to wonder, how does that feel? How powerful? Did you know that enough golden sunlight produces vitamin D in your body to protect itself against disease? Producing enough vitamin D can kill cancer, even help with weight loss. This amazing little vitamin is actually not a vitamin at all, but a powerhouse of protection that can activate your body's innate healing ability, but only if you have enough in your blood to shine the light. Tune in to award-winning author Dr. Lucinda Messer as she shares how you can harness the power of sunlight to create a healthy body and mind. Her book, Powerful Medicine, Vitamin D, Shedding light on a worldwide health crisis is like having a vitamin D expert on hand to answer all your health questions. For more information, visit PowerfulD.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com Trans- 
TransformationTalkRadio.com, transforming the world one listener at a time. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning us in. I want to give you another option to get your questions in here. I know so many of you work um, and cannot call in. If you go to the drpatshow.com on the right-hand side, you will see a place for you to ask your questions. Uh, if you go to TransformationTalkRadio.com, you will see a place for you to ask your questions. So either one of those places, if you go there, you can type in your question. It'll pop up, and I'll get your question on air. Um, before we uh, go to some of these instant questions that are coming in, Peter, you know, I, uh, Peter Kane is joining me here today. He's the author of a phenomenal book, The Monogamy Challenge, Creating and Keeping Intimacy. Uh, and so when we look at this topic, and of course, this is your business. This is what you do. You know, you help people create juicy, thriving relationships. But he, let's go to the next level of this, something that I think we take for granted. And that is, you know, every day we are bombarded in our pop culture uh, by people that we are either attracted to or not. You were, we meet people at work. Um, we meet people in the coffee shop. Now, tell me, what is the deal with being attracted to other people other than your monogamous partner? Well, it's natural to notice beauty. And people are we're, we're attracted to interesting or beautiful people. And I also like to say that most people are way more beautiful than they are ugly. Mm-hmm. And so processing that or being aware of it is going to be a natural piece. In my book, this is the kind of a key, maybe one-third of my book is, or a quarter of my book is how to navigate those attractions in a way that can further the health of your existing partnership. The next layer being that we are attracted to things that we feel we are lacking. So let's say I'm a strong, stable, male energy person. I'm going to be attracted to more whimsical, light, feminine people. So that's what drives my attraction in the first place. Then I have that relationship with someone that's whimsical and light. And then when the relationship shuts down and gets kind of stuck, I might be cranky at that person. This is not me, by the way, but, you know, that masculine figure might be cranky at that person for not working hard enough, and that's part of how that relationship polarizes and separates. Well, then that person that is re- is resisting their current artistical, whimsical, feminine person that's in their life, and that person is now going to be seeking energetically, not just an attractive person, but they're going to be pulled toward stronger, stable, you know, people that, in simple terms that I'm outlining, work harder. So that's when that attraction is going to tend to really be compelling and take the shape of having an affair. Well, the solution then is for that couple to go, hey, I still love you, but I'm cranky at you for being too light and whimsical, help me out here. Mm. And then the whimsical person's going to go, yeah, but you're so suppressed and boring. We don't ever play. And then the, you know, that stable, suppressed masculine person can go, oh, you're right. Okay, so now he has a plan to integrate that energy on the inside instead of just being attracted to it again in a new shape on the outside. By by integrating the whimsical, he can then be more balanced himself and be less attracted to the opposite. So his original opposite was whimsical. That same person could actually then have another opposite that would become stable. The more typical example I use is the the woman that's recovering from chaos you know, crazy stuff from childhood and so on, crazy stuff from her first marriage, whatever. She's going to be craving stable. Well, once she has stable, she's going to be craving, you know, playful. 
or sexual. And so integrating what we're missing into our current relationship is a big key. And now we've got the doorway. I've, you know, I've obviously added question number two or three here. We've got the doorway to keeping our existing relationship passionate and flowing and not shut down, suppressed, and celibate. Well, you know, what you're talking about is, to me, a process of an awakening of some sort because, you know, nine times out of ten, and you know this, I guess that's why you wrote the book, nine times out of ten, we don't even know what's going on. That dynamic you just right. explained, it doesn't even show up because right. we're already beyond it and we're already looking at other people. So what can you say to folks to grab that and nip that so that they can work towards that? Well, my book offer a lot of that. It's basically going to guide them through a whole bunch of stuff that you're alluding to there. So first, what we've covered today is, hey, you are not alone. And yeah. And we got to get this taboo out and just go, hey, it is normal. You know, and, you know, like, let's just talk from the masculine perspective. By the way, I use my own story a lot in my book. Uh, one of the original, the original title, working title for the first draft was uh, The Chronicles of a Monogamous Man, where I was largely using my story to illustrate these stresses. Uh-huh. And there's still nine chapters of my chronicle in there, and I encourage people to write their own. So from that masculine perspective, you know, my partner may not want to know that I am looking at rear ends a very high percentage of the time, that if we are in a restaurant or mall, I'm like Matt Damon in Born Identity. I can tell you not where the nearest gun is like Matt Damon in Born Identity can, but I can tell you where the nearest hot body is mm-hmm. of any age, you know, mm-hmm. of any age, you know, over 20 probably. The ones that interest me most are my age, but I can tell you where the nearest, you know, Hottie is, whether she's 60, 70, or 40. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my partner's not going to want to hear that. But by embracing the innocence of that drive, now basically I've admitted that I'm a bull trying to fertilize the herd. But wait a minute, it's not that century. It's not that century. I have a sweetie pie here that, you know, is the most important thing. So that's another one of the details is being totally present with our own feelings and our own pain. Another piece of that path is to get in touch with your own vulnerable inner child. Like what I just said may be sound kind of cavalier, but it also needs to be balanced with my deep awareness that if Sweetie Pie made love with someone else, I'd be like devastated, bouncing Mm -hmm. off the walls. So what do I do with that? So basically, by that's another part of the path is to be in touch, like you said, awakening, being in touch with our own vulnerability, our own inner child. So there's a lot of inner child work. One more partial answer, one of the chapters is on sexual fantasy masturbation, another chapter on dreams. That's just a simple tool and position I take is I don't expect us to be monogamous in our masturbation fantasies this century. Not, mm. not, not a good goal. Don't talk about it very much. Just, just allude to that it happens, and don't rub Sweetie Pie's face in it. You know, don't. You know, keep it on the, on the minimum, and, you know, don't use masturbation as an avoidance of sex. You know, like I love having a Sweetie Pie that wants all opportunity to, you know, get the real deal for me. But if she's not in the mood for, you know, let's say I'm four or five orgasms a week, if she doesn't want all of them, it's going to happen. So there's a balance there. I'm not saying, you know, let's just lock ourselves in the bathroom with porn. Absolutely not. But Well, I, the, well your book is about creating intimacy. Yeah. I mean, you know, locking yourself in a room or putting yourself in front of a computer is not about intimacy. It's about isolation. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, more than your book. And that's not sex or intimacy either. Exactly. You know, I, 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 I even addressed that in the book. I'm a very much uh, against pornography. And these, on the other hand, these fantasies are going to be 
real or likely. I mean, everyone's going to have their own different way about it. But I literally suggest that if you – it would be better to have a crush on the bank teller than to deal with porn. At least that's someone that you're fantasizing and have a sense of the energy. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help you. That's going to help that person that's seeking whimsical or seeking stable own and embrace the energy that they're craving and begin to bring it on the inside. There's a chapter in my book on the inner sexual self. What the heck does that mean? You know, well, it means, exactly. And, it and, you means know, knowing that these big, powerful, erotic feelings are connected to us in our relationship to life, and it helps us own them on the inside without needing the object of them as badly. Well, I think what it does, though, is leads to the conversation about yeah, the conversation and the question of what is intimacy, because so far we've talked about a number of different things, uh, including sex. The question is, have we actually talked about intimacy? Peter right. Kane is joining us here today. We're going to take that on when we come back. Before we go to break, Peter, let's give out some information about you, the best way for people to find out about you, um, how they can connect with you, what you've got going on. Well, PeterKane, K-A-N-E, dot org, will take you to links for two different blogs. Uh, it'll take you to links for my book on Amazon. It can also easily be ordered from your local bookstore. It will also talk to you about my coaching and counseling practice, phone or in person here in Redmond, Washington, near Seattle. PeterKane.org, www.PeterKane, K-A-N-E.org. And I'm also available by phone at 425-802-2050. All right, we're going to take a short break when we come back. We're going to talk about intimacy. What is it and what is it not? How do you know that you're on that path? And is intimacy for everybody? You know, we make this assumption about monogamy. You know what? That's for some, not for others. What about this thing called intimacy? Is it the last longing? Peter Kane joining us here today. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, for more information about us, go to www.thedrpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, get ready to pull out your intimacy barometer. We'll be right back. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Imagine a chocolate so decadent that you'd never believe it could be good for you. Align your inner bliss with Mother Nature's magic. The power of cold-pressed cocoa by Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Shasai is everything you ever dreamed healthy should taste like. We combine unprocessed cocoa with acai and blueberry for an unbeatable high-oxidant powerhouse. Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Visit us at lifesaverchocolate.com or call 888-287-2011. I was dealing with anxiety and depression, and nothing seemed to help me. Then I started to work with Dr. Schaub's Breakthrough Program. In just a few sessions, he helped me to finally understand and heal the deeper root cause of my challenges. As a result, I feel more centered and confident than ever before. And now I have the tools which will continue to support me throughout my life's journey. Dr. Schaub's approach has changed my life. Hello, I'm Dr. Friedman Schaub, and I work with people across the globe to help them break through anxiety and depression and access their true potential. If you are ready to bring back confidence, joy, and meaning in your life, call us to schedule a free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. That's 866 866- 9036463 or visit our website at cellularwisdom.com that's cellularwisdom.com Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack 
Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Peter Kane is in the house, and thank you so much, Peter, for joining me here today. We're talking about the monogamy challenge, you know, creating intimacy. You know, the question really is, is it possible to create intimacy? And what is intimacy? And if you were, uh, I can only imagine what, you know, Chad and the team are, are thinking right now since they get to listen to all the conversations that go on during the breaks, which is kind of fun anyway. Um, but, Peter, you know, the, the question really is, uh, ta- you know, taking the lead from your book, Creating and Keeping Intimacy. Uh, intimacy. Is intimacy overrated? And number one, how does it, and number two, how does it relate to monogamy? You know, what is this thing we called intimacy is, you know, are there people that are longing for it or is it overrated? Well, I don't think it's overrated at all. It's a great description of human and spiritual evolution. I've long defined, I may have been the first to define intimacy as in, to, me, see. And it is part of what's driving that desire for sexual contact, but it's also what's driving the desire to have a partner. I mean, think about that word, partner. It's such a beautiful word. You know, someone at your side, living with you, for you, someone that allows you to live for them, allows you to be completely committed, devoted, and in the game for them, for us. It's about that kind of connection. Intimacy, intimacy is about being present with another person. So let's at least let go of the sexuality type topic for a moment. The more we resolve issues that pull us away from the present, old hurts, future anxieties, we're in the present. So I would describe the purpose of all the deep psycho-spiritual work I facilitate as being learning to be present. And then once we're present, eyes open, looking toward another, that contact is not just a very fulfilling, sensual, erotic drive. It can be a brotherly drive, boy to boy, heterosexual boy to heterosexual boy. It can be, hey, my buddy knows what I'm up to, who I am, what I'm working with today. That contact seems to be a very deep and evolving purpose of being alive. So then, boy, when we get to sacred sexuality, which my book does, there's a chapter on that, like I'm, it's 8.30 in the morning, I'm pretty excited, you know, not just about the sex, but about how deeply beautiful and unifying that is. So, yeah, I, I personally I care a lot more about sex and intimacy than I do money. You know, and um, again, another good thing to help people admit, I think that's true for almost all of us. It's funny, as a man, I have a, my childhood history, I didn't realize that women wanted connection and sexual connection like I did. And in fact, it wasn't until my 40s that I really realized that women want relationships. Women want that connection, and most of them love to experience it while making love. 
you know, that's a, you know, if you read my book, there's particular details to my issues that made me actually think that, you know, women wanted intimacy but not sexual intimacy. Right. So I, I, I truly think it's that big. And my book even helps you, you know, work with that and deal with the sexual shames, do the healing, learn to be more present in lovemaking, and getting those needs met is certainly going to further any relationship, let alone the monogamous component. So one of the things that we're talking about is this idea of intimacy. And I asked the question, is it overrated? And what I meant by that question, Peter, is it, it maybe may not exactly like, is it overrated, but, you know, are people struggling to achieve it? I mean, it's kind of well, like monogamy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's not something that was taught. And, yeah, so to that end, let's leave the sexual beauty. I think that was close enough to happily said. It is about learning to articulate who we are. It's about knowing who we are. It's about being able to share what we're really feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then, for example, I'll jump to the act of listening where we listen to someone who just shared how they're feeling and we be intimate with them about what they shared. I have this highly, highly technical term called bummer dude. Yeah. And that just means, you know, like when our partner, friend, coworker, anyone shares something, our task is not to change it, not to tell them it's part of their story, not to push them through it or tell them it'll be better tomorrow, but to just reflect it back in a way that indicates we heard it. And it could be the static news, too. It -hmm. could be, oh, I'm so thrilled for you, dude. Mm -hmm. And just being present with the information exchanged about who we are, that is like being present with our own emotional process like allowing ourselves to cry when we need to, that transforms that grief. Listening to each other and sharing who we are back and forth puts us in a place that transforms that connection and helps us feel seen. So intimacy is about learning to speak up, learning to listen. I can tell you as a counselor 33 years in practice that I'm still pretty mediocre at tell, speaking up about some of the harder things I might feel in a relationship. The thing well, that's different about exactly. me is I know that I have to. And well, I exactly. Go, oh, God, I don't really want to say this, but I'm kind of anxious today or I'm kind of cranky today or, you know, it's especially if I need something you know, typical counselor story. You know, I have, we all have our own weak links about how we share ourselves. So intimacy is about learning to be present with that and connect with someone else instead of just have all that going on in our own head. Some people say that, you, you know, these days, and let's talk about this for a minute, Peter. I know we could do an entire show on this topic, but uh, I would be remiss not bringing it up. Some people say that, uh, you know, there is now a new breed of conversation about relationships. And they say that because it's almost impossible to get a date unless you're online dating. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you stand with that? Wow, good one. Um, first, I'm right at the beginning of a series of blogs on it uh, that are being posted on one of the links I mentioned that's on my website. I'm uh, okay. at makegirlfriends.com. I'm writing a series of blogs on that. Where I stand with Internet dating is that spirit knows more single people than we do and that it is good to have that device to reach across town and find like-minded people that actually want to have a relationship. But that then it's also wrought with perils um, that I somewhat bluntly summarize as it's dangerous to give the kid the keys to the candy store. Means, motive, and opportunity to have multiple sexual partners, if that's not our goal or our intention, online dating can kind of teach someone how easy it is to get a date. So it, for some people, it's, it's actually creating too open to the system. And 
my book will help you address that. Closed systems where we're just a nuclear family, that's one of the big problems with why relationships shut down and people have affairs and relationships end. We need an open system kind of being present in a community that gives us input. In a sense, the Internet is the ultimate open systems. I mean, I mean, even just a text message, you know, you can text someone in Europe and they respond just as fast as in the United States. I mean, that sounds silly. Of course they do. But, but if you think about it, that's amazing just to be able to use that form to communicate. So we're, all this technology, we're getting more and more opened and opened and opened. And that is good to break our isolation. It's a good way for shy people to get a date, but it's, but it, it then on the other hand, it can be wrought with players. And that's not just the men, by the way, women are just players in a slightly different way. Um, so there's pros and cons to it. Well, there is, and you're absolutely right. I mean, um, you know, we're hearing different things in the headlines, and I want to talk about that when we come back from break. Peter Kane is joining us here tonight. And I want to just tell everybody that uh, if you want to find out more about this, you can go to his website, peterkane.org. Or, Peter, give out those other websites you mentioned earlier. Um, makegirlfriends.com. I'm uh, the only male blogger there. Um, I'm the monogamy doctor at makegirlfriends.com. And my blog is just blogpeterkane.org, blog.peterkane.org. But, again, all that and easy access to my book, The Monogamy Challenge, Creating and Keeping Intimacy, is also linked on my website, peterkane.org. But it's easy to get that off of Amazon as well, The Monogamy Challenge. Still has a five-star review on, the, on Amazon. All right, everybody, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Peter's going to share some very specific tips, things that you can do to freshen up your relationship and bring more intimacy in your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Are you at a crossroads? Feeling stuck? I'm Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. My gift is helping people who are in transition receive spirit-led guidance about their next steps. I offer private sessions via phone or Skype, intuitive development classes, and much more. Please visit my website, fogcitypsychic.com, to find out how I can help you move out of the fog. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie DeLuce at info at ronniedeleuceonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie DeLuce, your partner in wellness. Hey, Mary, I haven't seen you in so long. You look so different. What happened to your glasses? Did you have surgery? Whoa, I never noticed how blue your eyes are. No, I didn't have surgery, and I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I searched the Internet, and I found a website. It's called bettereyesightnow.com. It is the best thing I have ever done. There's a program called Regaining Your Vision Naturally. And, oh, by the way, it helps reduce stress. You should check it out. And you might be able to get rid of your glasses. Go to bettereyesightnow.com. If you've gone through a separation and feel disappointment, despair, loss of identity, and fear, there is a new pathway to joy for you. SoulWorks Coaching empowers you to go through this separation with soul and hope. So get ready to step into a new relationship with yourself and build a fabulous new life. Contact Monique today at 617-328-7113. That's 617-328-7113. And visit soulworkscoaching.com. Give yourself this gift of love today. What if your best friend could take a peek into the future? Psychic, author, and cosmic coach Dougal Fraser is that friend. He's the queer guy with a third eye. From gossip to gurus, meditation to martinis, the Dougal Fraser Show is a call-in advice show that provides insights and information on creating your best life. Every Tuesday at 10, he'll take calls and talk about love, money, sex, pop culture, and give free advice. No topic is off limits. It's the Dougal Fraser Show. 
Have you ever wanted to join a yoga class, yet felt self-conscious or simply didn't have the time? Now you can bring live kundalini yoga into your home with KRI-certified Dr. Ann Taylor. You will learn a scientific technology of movement, mantra, meditation, and breathing techniques designed to balance your mind, body, and spirit. Sign up today for our free newsletter and receive your first class free. Visit Ann with an E, Taylor.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Um, Peter Kane joining me here today. The Monogamy Challenge, that's the title of his book. He is an expert in the field of relationships. And, boy, there are probably many, many questions we didn't get to today. We're going to give you some tips on how to create more intimacy in your life. But, Peter, a question came in, uh, and l- let's just get this question on air because this is this is actually something we have not talked about. Uh, the question has come in from, a, I think it looks like Louise from Indiana. Question, hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, Peter. This is really an important topic. What do you do or how do you, what do you do when your partner actually cheats? Uh your, how does that affect intimacy, and can you ever bring intimacy back into your life? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll use some of my earlier comments about how relationships polarize or get stuck, and that's just one arena. But the reason you can recover from an affair is if you resolve what led to it, if both people work with what that what happened that led to it. So first point is the you know I hate, I literally go with the phrase you know getting caught with your pants down. So in other words, the person who has the transgression of any kind, whether it's financial, verbal abuse, you know, physical abuse, heaven forbid, it or having an affair. I mean, you did something. It's not and it, it was the problem. So that person's going to have to step up and really be under scrutiny and be able to take that heat. But once that's happening, then the partner number two is going to need to equally participate in how they got there. So, in other words, it takes two to shut down. It takes two to be blind or neglectful or, you know, and, you know, it, it could be just that, Partner number two was an idiot who married a sex addict and needs to get the heck out of there because the uh-huh. sex addict rehab is not likely to go that easily. But basically, you got to resolve where you each were lacking and get back on the same page. And see, if you can own that you were avoiding this, that, or the other thing with your partner, then it's not so much that they were an idiot that cheated. It's that we were stuck and they cheated. Mm-hmm. So you got to address that they cheated. And then, by the way, I don't like that term, and I don't like the word betrayal. So I would actually say they had an affair. Just be, They were not monogamous instead of the value judgments. The reason cheating and, and uh, betrayal are tricky words is one of the things I address in the book is the issues of ownership and possession are part of the suppression that leads to these problems. So that's early on in the book, addressing the archetypes of marriage and so on. So anyway, they had an affair, and they were stuck. So, that, of course, they can work with that. And, you know, it's similar to what I said about listening, too. You know, if if the person who had an affair or was not monogamous really steps up and listens and makes amends, Love is not going to be lost, but if mm-hmm. they get defensive and blameful and, you know, dump more on to the relationship, then that mutual accountability is not likely to happen. So everyone has to work with their part. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's obviously, Peter, it's a complicated question. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the headlines – uh, I don't know that anybody's talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver getting back together uh, here in the near future. Right. Uh, 
it, when uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston broke up. Uh, don't know that uh, there were people thinking maybe they could, but honestly, we know what was going on there. Well, and, and you know, if they were in counseling with me, I could probably tell them based on their first, second, and third session if they were gonna, if they were on track to get it back together or not. But know, the point I is, a, no, I've had well, a story no. where I told, you know, the guy first or second session, like, look, you can get through this, but not if you keep denying it. Not if you keep talking to her that way. And he stormed out of the office and came back and blah, 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 blah. And five, ten sessions later, he had stepped up. So, yeah, the, Arnold's not going to get through it. He probably, you know, if he was just defensive, that's not going to help Maria feel heard, so to speak, you know. So there's there's a lot of issues like that, but counseling, they're going to be able to address them. So uh, when we're taking a look at uh, our lives, and thank you for joining me here today, you know, uh, people looking at intimacy, what is it you want to uh, leave with us today? What's your personal message for everyone? Well, yeah, we didn't like you, we didn't save as much time as you wanted for intimacy. And boy, isn't that the story of our lives? Create huh. more time. Have dates. Get a standing babysitter. Um, and then I'll also go with something that was similar to what we talked about with active listening and the bummer dude. Listen to what it, your partner cares about and do it. As you approach the holidays, for example, sure, we'd all like to give our partner a pink Cadillac or whatever, but we're probably not going to. Within whatever we do have the financial budget to give, I think the real home runs are the cheapest gifts that show that we were paying attention. The soap that's special to her that she doesn't buy herself very often. Mm-hmm. And you don't need, that guy listening to this right now, he doesn't even know where to get it yet. So I got better, it. So next year he better start listening all year long. And, and he can show up with something or she, you know, she can show up with the little thing that shows, you know, maybe she doesn't even play golf and he does, but there's some sort of golf ball that he likes that he doesn't buy himself very often because it's too expensive. Maybe she could buy him three of those. Wow. And, and, and he'd be like, what? Well, and, she, and then she says, well, I just called Joe and he told me where you get them. You know, pay attention to what your partner cares about. Now, of course, on the bigger level, if your partner wants sex, resolve your issues and meet them halfway. If your partner wants more dishes and more child care, you know, meet them halfway. Real intimacy occurs in the kitchen, by the way. So now we're on to idea number three. You know, I, I almost have a title of uh, a book that would be, The Key to the Bedroom is in the Kitchen. Well, let's hold that thought because we are, let's save that for another show. Peter Kane, everybody. Peter, thank you so much for joining us here today. If you all have missed any part of this, make sure you listen to it in our archives on the drpatshow.com. Get a copy of Peter's book at peterkane.org. And we'll see you all next time in a much more intimate way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Pat Show, radio to thrive by. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Thursday for another dynamic hour of The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile.